Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. What is going on right now? I don't know if uh, we're in the apocalypse. Um, I keep hearing friends talk about maybe the purge. <laughs> Whatever's going on, like, this is crazy, crazy times and one that we've never seen before. Um, it's interesting. And uh, so this is going to be a, a unique podcast. Um, we have, thankfully, we've got a, a really, really good guest on today who, who uh, is actually a, a real leader uh, in the HVAC space and, um, and, and really um, been at the front lines of trying to help the industry as much as he possibly can during this crazy time. So first, I want to introduce myself. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, my name is Chris Yano. I'm also the CEO of a home services digital marketing company named Rhino Strategic Solutions, R-Y to the N to the O. And I have my co-host on here who is uh, remote as well, Mr. Tall Paul. What's up, buddy? Hey, good to see you, Chris. Um, I'm always remote, so this is not new to me. But what is new to me is, you know, at Rhino, we talk about being where your feet are and being present. Well, my feet are currently in my master bedroom on a makeshift table, trying to get as much light in as I can, <laughs> while my four kids are on the other side of the wall doing their best to obey the stop data's recording sign on the wall. So, man, things are different, but we are all in, and um, I couldn't be more excited for the timeliness of our guests today. So, um, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest, and then we'll get rolling. Well, well, hang on one second um, before we get there, because you mentioned it. And I think after you know, talking to our guest, Bart, um, kind of in the same situation, because he's got twin boys. Um, I have my son's Nintendo DS headset on today. <laughs> and yesterday, whenever uh, I asked him if I could borrow it, he was good with it. Well, we decided today to come into my office, since really nobody's, since nobody's in the office working. And it uh, turns out he's not so pleased. Um, he's not so pleased that I'm borrowing his headset for three podcasts today. So uh, we've had a little bit of a back and forth, but it's actually working pretty good. You guys can hear me okay, so that's great. So I want to go ahead and get into it so we can make the most of our time um, with our guest. I want to introduce him. He's the president and CEO, is that correct? Yes, sir. Of ACA, Air Conditioning Contractors of America. I've been involved with it for I mean, since the beginning. So I remember going to my first meeting way back in, way back in the day, which seems weird to say because I'm only 40, but <laughs> I've been in this game for 12, for 12 years. So I remember going to my first meeting back 12 years ago. Um, but he's uh, now you're originally, Bart, you're originally from, actually, let me do the quick introduction. We have Bart James on the podcast today. Bart, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Also in quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine-ish. Exactly. Um, now, you're originally from, if I read this right, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Is that right? You got it. Spot on. So you're a Midwest boy. Uh, kind of. Uh, Ish. So, southern, I, I would. Southern. Southern-ish. Yeah. Exactly. I'm a Midwesterner. I'm from Indiana, and I start to look at anything around the Dakotas and all that stuff. Well, I don't care if you're in the north or the south. You're kind of in that middle part, so I look at it as Midwest. That's a stretch, Chris. Some people will say if you're not in California, you're Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But we're grateful to have you have you on um, today. I know that uh, it's you know with the with the big conference, like you know things have just been changing and shifting. And my goodness, where uh, we were last week is not where we are this week. So things are changing frequently. Um, and I think now more than ever, I've seen our industry as a whole uh, really coming together to support each other. Um, it's been amazing the people that have reached out to us. Um, it's been a, not just, um, excuse me, customers um, of ours, part of the Rhino family, different partners, even our competitors. Like I have a webinar tomorrow with one of our competitors in the industry to come together to help serve people who are trying to say, what the hell am I supposed to do right now? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I can't, you know, people, appointments are canceling. So in the silver lining there is, we're really seeing America kick, come together and kick some ass right now. 
um, in many different ways. I mean, Ford and GM are now doing, you know, res like creating respirators and things like, like people are doing the cruise ships are now becoming these, you know, operational ships for, um, with the, uh, um, like for health, like it's for the different floating hospitals. I, I forget the name of it is, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's just cool to see all these things coming together. And that's just how America gets it done. So Paul, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, jump in here because you've been having a lot of discussions with Bart. And, and again, man, we were super bummed because we we're going to come and be a part of the ACA deal maybe this year as a podcast and get more involved. And it's like, Everything happens for a reason. I don't necessarily understand completely what that reason is right now other than to make us all better and stronger and learn from this and become tighter as a country because I think we've taken a lot of things away that we should be putting back in. So, Paul, I'm going to toss it over to you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think everyone was impacted by this to some degree over the last 10 days where, you know, more information was coming out. And as you're kind of gauging risk, you're like, hey, our event's still on, our event's off or whatever. And I know I saw a message from Bart that said, hey, we're still good. We, we're on the front lines of this stuff every single day. We're still good. And then think Act 2020 was canceled. So I thought this would be a good opportunity. Well, I lost Paul's audio. So um, what I'll do is just go, I think what he was wanting to know is because the ACA event got canceled. Can Bart, can you still hear me good to go? I can. I'm, you're, you're, okay. you're great coming in here. Okay, great. Back. Um, next. Paul, you're kind of choppy, so I'll go ahead and knock it out, knock it out for you. Um, I know what Paul's getting at is we wanted to talk about, because you guys had a great show set up and ready to roll, and the one that we were excited about it is, what was the main theme for the ACA, for ACA 2020 this year? Can you like talk us through that and kind of the preparation things that you were going to roll out to everybody? Absolutely. Well, well first of all, Paul, Chris, thank you all for, for having me. Thanks for the, the hospitality. You, you, yeah, I'll give a little more background prize as we're talking, but yeah, we you know, just two weeks ago, we were going to be and I mean, it seems like forever, um, dog years for sure that we're all living. And um, you know, first of all, my you know heart goes out to you know our country, other countries, but our, our members in the trades. I mean, ACCA's members are you know are the heating and air conditioning contractors. They're the electrical. They're the plumbing. So our our folks are on the front lines and their employees trying to navigate their way through all this. And for for us, it became a little more real two weeks ago where the city of St. Louis shut down any event over um, a thousand people. Um, so that it, we already saw some of that happening as um, kind of corporate America was, was doing their precautions. So we'd gotten word from some of our friends that we referred to as our partners in excellence that they, you know, weren't going to be able to be there in person, um, which we were bummed over, but you know, our conference is truly about the educational side of it. And, you know, this this year, our 2020 conference, which was going to be in St. Louis at the Union Station, and we're going to be back. We're working with them right now. We we wanted to make that investment in St. Louis. We're navigating our way through all that, but we're going to be back in 2022. So we're excited back at the same venue. You know, we're already you know we were committed our conferences. So ACCA has been around since 1928. This is the first time in our history that we've ever canceled a conference. And yeah, you see great. it happening now with our, you know, our country and even um, other countries as they're navigating their way through things like the Olympics, which were shut down during the war and all. But you know, we have this long history of, of being there and working for our members. But this year's conference, you know, we had a, a great lineup, one that I was really proud of, but it was workforce. It was leadership. It was operations and finance, kind of the, the core of what we work with our members on. And, and who ACCA's members are, for those that may be listening, that aren't familiar with us and our history is, you know, we're oftentimes known for our technical work and expertise that we've assembled. If you're doing a load calculation on a home or a commercial operation, you've got your manual J's and those things that oftentimes go over my head as the guy that, you know, gets to work with a bunch of smart people and for a lot of smart members. And I'm actually talking about working remotely. I'm, I'm here from my father-in-law's house in Shreveport, Louisiana, I'm sitting in their house where my twin boys are, are upstairs from a break. Um, but I came here. Um, our headquarters is just outside of D.C., just down from the Pentagon. And I was looking for, for family help through this, thinking that this was going to be shorter term and our spring break was coming up. And my <laughs> mother and father-in-law would be handing off the kids to us in, in, um, in Tennessee when we we're going to meet up and go fly fishing. But instead, they're, they're here, and I'm thankful for it as, as – our little bubble that we live in in D.C. Is, is changing. But that conference was, you know, it's special to us. All those years that we've worked to do this, but 
we had a special lineup and workforce, you know, again, now we have whole new challenges for our, our members as they're dealing with workforce. But just a few weeks ago, I mean, my, my current, uh, my incoming board chairman, which we haven't had that official handover yet, but Lanny was emailing on our forum this morning talking about you know, how our world is turned upside down. And you know, just a month ago, he's scrambling trying to find workers to meet the demand. And now he's dealing with you know, workforce in a whole new way. So we had an exciting lineup. We're excited about being back there in 2022 to, to hit on these. And hopefully these are the same issues we're back at as you know, America's very resilient. So no doubt we, we will be. And we're already seeing that from, from our members. And uh, we can talk more about that here in a second. But that was the kind of the core focus that we had. We had a really big focus on veterans. My wife works for Caterpillar. And one of the guys that she uses is, um, he's a family friend. He's actually here from Shreveport, Louisiana, but Jacob Schick uh, was going to be our closing speaker. We were inviting everyone in that was a veteran or worked for, you know, that was on the team of one of the companies to come from the area to come in as our, as our free guest to come to the conference and to, to, to be there, to, to see this industry and in, in all of its glory and the opportunities it has. And I was really excited about the whole event, but especially the close and us because so many of our, our members are veterans or really have a focus on employing those. And I think there's so many more opportunities for our, our industry to do more in that space. So that, that's, I'm bummed in lots of ways. I'm bummed because for us, our conference is not a moneymaker for us. This is, um, this is something that we invest in. It's actually a loss leader for us. It's truly for our members. And, you know, when a city pulls the plug on you and you're like, I just, you know, I think we were just shy, I think $967,000 that we had, you know, that, you know, that walked away from us. And then you think of how little that is in comparison to what's going on around our country. And, you know, it makes you realize that you know, there's a lot of people with a lot bigger decisions happening right now. So, and I look forward to talking more about that. I'm actually working with the White House on some of that stuff you're talking about. I was just so, going to go down that path too. Sorry to jump in, Paul, because, no, because I think it is important to understand just how much on the front lines that you you have been fighting for the industry. You and I think this is a good segue to just to talk about that because it's important, I think, for our listeners to understand um, just the fight that's going on and um, like how ACA is, is you know leading that leading that charge and and really um, hallelujah that we're in essential business like we're in essential business stuff like because. I, I think we all agree we're you know we're essential business um, like to that you know the health and safety of of ever the homeowners of business so but if you would since you just brought that up Bart um, share that with you so kind of give some context to maybe those who don't know because they've been out grinding you know trying to make sure everything is okay that maybe I haven't followed suit on that so maybe if you just talk about what that is and what you guys have accomplished that'd be that'd be great absolutely and I'll give a little more flavor on on myself too cool. you know, I'll, I was serving in President Bush's administration, George W., as a political appointee during 9-11. I worked at USDA at the time, and I was, you know, I was there when all that happened. And, you know, my, my boss, the undersecretary at the time, you know, I thought that was pretty complicated and navigating our way through that. But, you know, God, I feel for, for the people on both sides of the aisle that are, are trying to make the best of this and come up with answers that we obviously we don't know. So... Um, keep those folks in your thoughts and prayers yeah. because this is going to be before you air this. This is still going to be going on, and then how we plan for you know what our new future looks like. So we are, you know, prepared and able to to weather these storms. But this is so different. So I, you know, I thought I thought those times were tough then, um, as as our world changed before our eyes, and now we have this slow roll of, of change happening. But um, that fighting—that's something we do. You know, I mentioned that we're headquartered. We are the one headquartered in Washington, D.C., and obviously, despite that not being what a lot of people think of, we have four members of our team, me being one of them, that are registered lobbyists. Three of the four of us came from Capitol Hill of work for members of Congress. You know, I served in administration a couple of different places, one that's now very relevant. Um, it's a small business administration. I've got a call Thursday with the new administrator there to talk about, you know, it, it's things are complicated and seeing our, our members already being forced to make very tough decisions, making sure that she's aware of that. I'm serving on a task force through the U S chamber of commerce, which is normally focused on kind of those big businesses, but it also right. 
helps out. And one of my former political appointees actually heads up their small business operations, Tom Sullivan, which is an awesome job and really gets it that you know, small businesses don't get the, the recognition they should, but they are the backbone of our country. Um, I mean, they, and, and our members want that. that is, and that essential service, that fight, that didn't happen on its own. Right. That's because people were there from the beginning before this stuff started shutting down. We were already working on that even before our conference got canceled. We were working to make sure that we had that recognition. We we're already on that road in other ways because HVAC has forgotten everything. Our whole country depends on it. I mean, we've got food shortages, toilet paper shortages right now, but when you don't have any place to keep stuff cold, and, and especially as we're dealing with hospitals and all, that's that becomes a whole other level of real. And our members, hopefully they see themselves as that way every day, and certainly when all this is done, but we're having to remind people of that right now, especially, and it's a state-by-state, state, local municipality. It started with the federal to get them to recognize that, and thankfully now they're using some of those standards, but we had, you know, the it's still rolling, but as of yesterday, we had over 21,000 letters that we've sent in the past week and a half from our members weighing in on this to make sure their elected officials knew this. And they're also doing phone calls and, you know, we're reaching out and having meetings where we can, as much as you call these meetings that we're doing remotely. But, um, I mean, it, it's a fight every day, tooth and nail. And, you know, I know our members aren't sleeping whether you're a member or not. I know you're, you're not sleeping because you're worried about your team and your business. We're not sleeping either. We're right there with you on that, on that fight. And we're, we're mindful that we gotta, gotta keep at it. We gotta be relevant. We right now we've got everyone in on essential services. If you go to our website and um, we just rolled out a new interactive map that's up right now. So you can go and see the latest and greatest from your state. And then it even dives into some of the municipalities that are doing, you know, some crazy stuff out there. But we're, we're, we're good on the repair side where we're struggling is on, on the new construction. I mentioned my father-in-law is one of our members and you know, he's, he's in both spaces. He does some government work and he does residential and you know, here in Shreveport, Louisiana and kind of Texas and Arkansas where he operates most of the time. You know, life's still kind of going on, but in other parts of the world, it's a, it's a very different, different um, atmosphere in terms of what they're facing. I just talked to my wife earlier this morning and she's still back there in DC and, you know, she's, she's at home. Um, it's a, and you know, they've, they put locks on stuff where people you know, can't even go to the park and all. So it's, it's a, a different approach to, to how, how everyone's dealing this with this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I appreciate that. I think I want to piggyback off what you just said um, that we've experienced a lot of the same things. Um, we have our contractors that are our customers and not our customers. This last week has been, we've been getting bombarded, not even with our own customers. We've done a really good job of managing our, our Rhino family members, our customers. It's those who are in panic mode and are thinking, oh my goodness, I'm slowing down. Um, and they're reaching out to us and, and through different forms because there's so many different groups that we're a part of um, that we're sharing information and data as they come through and I'm sharing been sharing that um, there's still search volume in our world our job is to bring in new customers for home service companies that's it that's our only job through digital yeah. marketing thankfully there's so many great metrics around that that we can see what the actual homeowner is doing now I'm talking more from the add-on replacement service side of things versus our NC or new construction but um, there's still a consistent volume coming through. And in some markets, it's actually even going up. So we took some screenshots and started posting them in the forums to give these guys hope that it's there. You just now need to pivot and get a little more creative on how you're doing things. And this is why I was saying earlier that we've really seen the industry leaders come together and start posting videos on things that they're doing and giving like tactical takeaways, like boxes these guys can check, whether you're, you know, one guy or, you know, 200 people, whatever it is, we're seeing them come together, try new things, and then share it, which, you know, and I know, this, before this, these guys are competitive, man. Not many of them are really wanting to share all their <laughs> tips and, you know, tricks or, you know, wisdom and knowledge, or whatever you want to call it. But today, those things are happening more and more. And it's been no different for us as it's, we keep trying to post things I mean, we're even pulling results from our customers, sharing them. So that way these people can see like, 
we're not just a marketing company trying to sell you. I'm actually doing exactly the opposite of that. I'm trying to give and say, hey, pump the brakes, figure out what you need to do before you start making irrational decisions. But here's some good data to know what's going on in your market. Here's how people are act were searching last week when everything broke, like went crazy. So we're in it from a different capacity. Like we're trying to keep these guys busy. It's just, you know, I take it as an absolute blessing and I do not think it's a mistake because we're a business built on the back of servanthood. And we take it as a way to say, it's not a mistake that we are in the position that we're in today. We've never been more prepared to help our industry than we are today as a company. And we have now this podcast tool that I did not want to do last year. You know, I got pushed and pushed and pushed and now we're doing it and, and the downloads have been huge. The streams have been huge. The feedback's been great. We've had some great people coming on here and share their stuff. But it's all to do the same thing that, that you're doing, Bart, is to support our industry as best as we can and lead from the front with, with the tools that we have. SmartAC.com. SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. So, Paul, if hopefully your audio is working good now, man. I'll let you kind of chime back in and run with it, buddy. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's now a before Corona and after Corona <laughs> that will kind of bookmark this time in history. But before Corona, give me, give me a, a description. Tell me about the regulatory issues that we're facing in the industry that we can't forget about. We just can't move past. Um, yeah, apologies. I, I've got oh, that's a, okay. a lawnmower outside running. <laughs> you know what? That's He's busy chopping up uh, fire ants here in northern Louisiana. We're all in it together. So yeah, pre- <laughs> So pre-COVID, kind of the regulatory landscape, tell me about that. Yeah, well, I mean, we were working on workforce and trying to create a, a level playing field for you know, the trades. That was where we were spending a lot of our time because whether people know it or not, you know, the, the four-year college really has an upper hand on, on the decision-making happening at the, at the school, whether you're all the way back to kind of junior high and some of it's not quite as bad as we think as we've kind of dove into it thinking of guidance counselors and all on them having a reward system but um, that we, we've learned that isn't there but it is you know there's a lot of pride at, at graduation of somebody going to an ivy league school not going not being highlighted if they're going in or may already be depending how the state is set up texas is really one of the creative ones um, but uh, and there's other ones out there, not to just single out Texas, but, um, and the South, which I do have a bias and my accent will probably come through despite my, you know, 20 plus years of being in DC, but it's um, it, it, trying to level the playing field there, but we're also really looking at the transition and refrigerants and I can get into that more, but uh, if you're not following this, you should be, but you know, our industry has another big change um, and that's coming our way and it's already happening but it's a transition on, on the current refrigerants that folks are using to what we are commonly referring to as a slightly flammable or A2Ls. Um, but there'll be another transition that'll happen after that. Um, and there's folks on both sides of the aisle of this issue, but our goal every day when we go to work is, you know, is to put contractors first. We have a lot of corporate partners that we're grateful for what we refer to as partners in excellence, but those help us make sure those events and things like that happen and really underwrite those. But we're here for contractors and you know, we're trying to find answers to that. And there are a lot of questions that are unanswered on that front with the transition, these flammable refrigerants and where the contractor and their employees are first and foremost, and we're you know, protecting them um, because there's a lot of unanswered. So workforce and, and the refrigerants were the two, the ones that we were really working on on the workforce would really, we're trying to create that level playing field. Um, apprenticeships, we've had a, in the HVAC side, really a disadvantage compared to the plumbers so trying to, and the electrical. So trying to create that and use some of the, the online resources that are out there 
And uh, now, you know, as we've, you know, our world's transition, you know, the stuff you guys are doing that we have out there, you know, this is a time for people to really kind of double down on that and, and make sure they are as competitive as possible when our you know, economy jumps right back up. And what I've seen is the people that are already doing that, especially on you know, air safety and really a focus on quality installation, man, they're hitting it out of the park right now for the ones that are, can still do the, the new projects or they're the go-to. Um, you know, our members, so just to talk about ACCA's members and that, that mix of what we're seeing in our, our forum, which we've got um, 7,500 participants on one of those, a little over 7,500 participants on that forum and a lot of people look and don't jump in but we've had more and more people jump in and look for for help and then people responding and then we we obviously you know try to jump in where, where we can to staff as well but you know, they're looking for peer-to-peer -peer advice we already have a mixed group program that if you're not familiar with I'd love to talk about some other day um, but it, it's we're seeing that in a whole new level happening right now and I think what you hit on is, is spot on and people wanting to help and, and you know we're all in this together trying to navigate our way through this i made a i made a post this morning um i was on a call with the had a had a call with a really really big customer of ours who um was panicking because of something different and it was um about big box retail um with big box retail slowing down and i mean all all that happening you're bit, if you if you leaned on re, big box retail as a crutch for new business, you're in trouble. Um, and it's something I have preached for years to not only our own customers, but any keynotes I've ever done, any breakouts I've ever done, is to not lean so heavily on that. And a lot of and a lot of people would say it's because you know they they are really good at servicing the customer. They do they move a lot of equipment. They're not going to lose that relationship. But nobody expected the coronavirus. Um, and so this is just a scenario where it's like, you know, another, another piece of the puzzle that we have to figure out is, you know, how did we, you know, how, what are they going to do next? So I posted a video this morning saying, um, this is actually a really good wake up call. Now, I hope it's not so bad that it, it put, you know, that it takes you out because there is alternatives that you can do to lift yourself back up. And there are demands, like, thankfully we're in a demand service. So demand service still demands service and you can still get it and people are still searching online and more people are doing it because there's more people home more frequently so but the people who have relied so heavily on big box retail now we're, are some of them are in big trouble and i had a heartbreaking call and listen man i care like i'd say that's our number one marketing strategy here is is we care and when i get those phone calls um it's brutal Dear, that they're going through that, but now it's like um, it hurts. Let's pivot and let's move on. So um, nobody's exempt from this thing. Everybody's in it together. But the worst thing you can do is nothing. You got to do something. You got to pivot and try new things. So I want you to piggyback on what you said, Bart. Is I 100% believe, 100% I believe this. We come out of this thing significantly better significantly better as not only human beings, but as business owners. I, I think that's a great, great lens. And I, I, I hope, I hope you're right. And I believe that as well. So let, let, let's hope everyone's on the same page and that's where we are, but um, <laughs> exactly. And, and, and don't look at any retirement you have right now. If someone <laughs> to send you one of those statements, just throw it in the mail. Don't not look the at time. it. Do not, not look at time. it. So, Bart, you have over 4,000 contractor members, is that right, in ACCA today? It is. That's right. But more importantly than, than, the, than the number, which we're, we're grateful for all those, and, and, and not all those are contractor members. We have another category called associate members, but mm -hmm. from our members, the contractors themselves, our members are doing more than half the work in the U.S. That's amazing. I, I can get into the to the... The numbers of that, we're blessed to have three members of Congress that are ACCA members. We have more than any other profession other than lawyers mm -hmm. uh, that, are, that are HVAC contractors. That's pretty cool. That's um, great. I didn't know that. That's fantastic. It, it is. And one of them's active and younger. They've kind of transitioned the business that Steve's been in Congress. We, we apparently played baseball together. He's actually younger <laughs> than me, but he's from, 
He's from Oklahoma, but you know, his chief's a friend that we used to work for my wife. And you know, DC is a small world, but uh, we also have the governor of Tennessee. He's in our mixed group program, and you know, his his company is is one of those sizable operations. But it's you know, we're blessed to have some some great members, but they're they're doing they're doing the work, and you know, every one of them does it a little bit different in terms of their their ties and to different manufacturers and distributors and again all of them are unique and that's why there's so I think as you said so many opportunities for them to learn and pivot and, and do things different and that's that's what makes them stronger. And so talk to me about the local involvement of ACA. So I know that um, you know contractor members can use the forum and they've got peer groups. What's it look like on the local level? That's a complicated you, 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 you've asked a really tough question. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, I'm a, no, let, let me let me run at that the best I can. But sure, I'm, I'm a firm believer you're stronger together. Yeah. You know? um, and so there was brilliance years ago to to pull everyone under this federated structure. That's you know, there's a mix of, of of associations out there that have that. And, you know, our friends at PHCC, um, I think, do a good job with that. They have a long history on the, on the plumbing side of, of having having that happen. And, so there was some, some wisdom that we at ACCA had tried to replicate there and um, it didn't last long. There were decisions made to, to break up with that and I'm not sure it's right to have a federated structure but I do um, want to work with anyone and everyone that wants to work with us. So right now we, we've got 17 states that we refer to as allied contracting organizations. And some of those states have even a more complicated structure where there may be a state association, then they have multiple other areas like Texas, they've got a, a great chapter and, and chapter doesn't even do it justice in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and then up in the kind of greater Dallas area, they've got another one, but they're at the state level, they just got a new executive director at Cora, but TAC is the group and Todd McAllister ran that before they hired their new executive director. But you know, our goal is to work with them and, and to partner together. We know that they're the experts on what's happening locally. We also are aware that we, we'd like to have 100% crossover members. We're not there yet. Texas mm -hmm. is one of those great examples where um, only a third of our members are TACA members and vice versa. So mm -hmm. you know, we, we still have a lot of potential to do more together. Then you have all those states where there's nothing there. Um, I mean, my father-in-law was talking about here in Louisiana. And the, you know, there used to be the, I think the, the heat pump association and you know, it's, um, it's, it's not what he had seen it as before. So he's, um, my father-in-law is also one of those members that, you know, unfortunately a lot of our folks fall into the category of, which we're grateful for. We appreciate their dues. When I came to work at ACC, I looked and he'd been a, a member for, you know, well over a decade and he'd never signed into his account. <laughs> and my, same for my brother-in-law. And, you know, I'm 40, you know, I get every year it gets more difficult to remember my age, but I think I'm, I'm 44. Um, but it's, you know, my brother-in-law is a fair bit younger than I am. And he's right in our, our sweet spot of where we need people in that age. And he isn't there. So we've got a lot of, uh, a lot to do to get people more involved. Thankfully, we have a lot that are, but those people that still support us are really important. So if you're, you're questioning whether or not to support a trade association, if you're part of this industry of, of heating and air conditioning, refrigeration, and again, we cross over in a lot of other stuff, but, um, and we see that with our members. So many of them are involved, you know, HVAC is usually where they started and they've expanded into the plumbing and electrical because of that trust factor they have with their customer. And, um, but um, we would like to have your support no matter what, because these fights and things that we're doing, whether it's right now, making sure you're essential and helping you navigate your way through the, you know, if you're needing some lending and also the regulations coming out about employees, just right. deciphering that for you and giving you, you know, accurate information. And we don't know it. We get the right people on the horn to, to help us get the answers to those questions we're all looking for. But I mean, that's what we're here for. And that stronger together means that, but, and that's a long-winded way to say that we're not where we want to be with the states. I would love for us all to be, you know, together on this. I just, before, actually, when all this was going on, I just was in Ohio for their state convention. They're a neat setup. They actually still have their plumbing separate. They have their HVAC separate, but they have the same guy, Rocco Fannin, running both of them. And, you know, I, 
I enjoy being there for their business meeting and getting to speak. And I've got a board member there in Ohio. Ohio happens to be one of our top member states. Um, and there's a bit of competitiveness with some of the others there. So they're, uh, they've got a lot of pride and we want that everywhere. Um, we, you know, we don't, we're not as strong as what we should be in a lot of states and the areas you know, on the local front. But you know, we, we jump in. In Virginia, we had an issue that was brought to our attention there in my backyard. In one of our municipalities, they were, you know, just late last year, they were going to stop um, people being able to take home their service vehicles. So if you've wow. got a, you know, I'll pick a, a, a board member of ours who's actually who brought it to our attention, Dave Kyle with Trade Masters in the D.C. area, mm-hmm. you know, if you know DC, the commutes are horrible. My wife's drive is an hour for her to go six miles to get to down to town to K Street. And that's what it looks like. So you have your your guys or you know, your members of your team that are have that vehicle there, but they were gonna shut that down because most of us don't have driveways. We're parking on public streets and they didn't oh, so got the it. brilliance of stopping that from happening. And you know, that you're going to add, you know, another hour plus, well, I guess two, because you have to multiply it to come in to pick up your vehicle, um, just didn't make sense to us. And we explained that and talked about the importance of that to, you know, the communities and the service and all that comes along with it. And, you know, we had, yeah, I mean, just in a short period of time, we had over 3,000 people weigh in and that just stopped, came to a screeching halt. Um, and they also understood how important HVAC is too. There's a reason you keep those vehicles close is that's where someone can come and service you. The people that you're counting on that are the, the good contractors. Yeah, don't you think that would have just made all the contractors have to increase their price because the expense and overhead was gonna go up? Everything that we do has mm-hmm. an increased cost of price. I mean, it's, it, it all gets, you know, someone's gotta figure out how to swallow it for a little bit, but it's eventually gonna get passed on to somebody. Right. Uh, so, I mean, when we get back to those refrigerants and, you know, the answer is that we don't have on that yet on, on the, so right now, so if we're switching to flammable refrigerants, what does that mean for our members in terms of storage? Uh, we don't know yet whether or not all the companies are going to dry ship their equipment. We don't know whether or not the distributors are going to carry refrigerant anymore because their storage requirements will very likely be different and they may not want to have to transition or change out their, their warehouses to accommodate a a flammable refrigerant um, in that quantity being stored there and same for the transportation. Um, And then you get into the the gauges and this and that and, and all that, but those are answers that all have cost to them. I mean, we did the rough math of of my current board chairman up in Rochester, New York, they're a sizable company and for all their vans, we're talking, you know, that's a 150,000 plus dollar hit, not to mention the lost time of have, pulling those vehicles out of out of service. Um, you know, everything has a cost and that's ultimately going to come back to the to the consumer. So it's, we try to work as best we can with the manufacturers and the distributors and, um, and, and their associations to come to answers that we can all agree on where we can and where we're not. We um, make sure they understand the, the lens of the contract. Yeah. And that's really the point that I wanted our listeners to know is that, you know, from a local level, they've got representation in Washington who gets these things done. And I think that's the real value of belonging to a group like ACA. I think that's, that's really valuable. Chris, go ahead. You were going to say. Yeah. Cause yeah. Cause I mean, really we're just scratching the surface on the things that you're doing and doing recently. Like there's, and, and you're fighting for the industry as a whole, member or non-member. It doesn't matter. You're fighting for the industry. It is. When we talk about, and thank you for pointing out, it's a great point. Whether you're a, a dues-paying member to, to our trade association or not, we're, we're still fighting. And when I talk to Congress you know, and other members of our team, we, we're sharing the same thing. You know, we, we may not have them paying right now. That's on us to change that. But we're still representing you. And, you know, if you don't think we're doing the job that you'd like for us to get involved, yep. we've got a ton of committees. Um, we streamline that a lot more than what we had, but we've got great places to be involved, whether in code work, uh, man, that's something that's just crazy. Um, but we're, we do an awesome job at, we're the only group that's there for HVAC contractors on the code front. We have an expert, David Bigsby, it does a fantastic job, but more important, we've got the, the volunteer leaders that have involved, and I can think of the ones that we have, um, John Sedin that had actually been a board chairman of ACCA, this guy's passionate and gets this. And, 
and just rolled up his sleeves year after year to be there and fight for contractors on the codes. And the reason the codes are so important is assuming your business, you're interested in doing the right thing. You want to follow the law. You may not always agree with it, but the guy that's not doing that, it's not paying insurance, not paying all the workers comp, not doing all those things. That's who you're competing against. And we don't need a race to the bottom. The work you're doing is too important for that. And then you have silly states like California, not to pick on California, you know, there's so many, just the, the irony that comes out of that state. They're right now on the, on the front edge, the, the tip of the spear leading the charge on the transition of these refrigerants. So us getting rid of our, you know, 22s and 410s and all that's being phased out, you know, a 99.5% reduction in importation and all that that's going to, you know, be pushed on us here very soon. And California's leading the charge on it. Believe it or not, they require a permit to be, cool, be pulled for every sale of equipment. And only, well, I'm being very generous, less than 10% have a permit pulled. So they actually have no interest in how it's actually installed. And we already know from our work, we had, we'd gotten EPA and National Institute of Standards and Technology, NIST to do, that only half the installations in the country are done to the manufacturer's minimum requirements, leaving 40% of the energy efficiency out there in the box. So we've got plenty of room in our industry to do a better job, to do justice to the you know, great equipment that the manufacturers are making to lower their warranty costs. Would you believe only 17 states in the country even have a license requirement to be a contractor and more of those as a tax than it is actual, you know, a test on your competency. So, yeah. you know, so us creating that level playing field so the good guys aren't, you know, you know, in competition with the people that are looking to cut corners and stick it to the consumer. Right. And that, that's what we, you know, that's what we, we did an HVAC 101 for Congress and that member from Oklahoma, Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen, that's been very vocal on the refrigerant issues. He's got some very strong opinions about that. If you, if you want to hear a contractor's view, you know, just weigh in on, on him and, and some of the testimony that he's done on that. He actually testified on behalf of, you know, kind of himself and the lens on, on that. But it's, um, he does a great job, I think, of talking about that, that race and the, and the folks that aren't playing fair. Um, it's, it's interesting to see. It's nice to know we have that lens of people out there that they get it from the contractor standpoint. But we did a HVAC 101 for Congress. It's been a couple of years, but I, I aspire, and this is a stronger together. We need to take that on the road. I want to do that every state, every state capital and, and take it out. You know, consumers need to know and understand it really matters. It, and you know, not to, not to, you know, kind of, preach the, the contractor kind of message, but it's a whole lot more important of who you hire than what you put in. Amen. So tell me. If you want that equipment to last and to work the way it's supposed to, hire a good contractor. And that's who our members are. And if they're not quite there yet, they're surrounding themselves with people who learn from. I know my mom told that to, to me as a kid and she and my grandparents made a big investment to, you know, hopefully surround myself and hopefully my wife and I are doing that with our kids, but you know, surround yourself, surround yourself with the people you want to be like and, and can learn from not the, not the people you, you just, you know, run away from. And that's what ACCA is. You're absolutely right. And the whole concept of just stronger together kind of raises the bar for the entire industry. And that's why we so encourage our listeners and, and, you know, partners and customers to be involved in something like this. Um, on Capitol Hill, you know, there's wins and losses daily, right? This is me trying to get a behind the scenes view <laughs> uh, for our listeners. Tell me about some big wins or, you know, tell me about a situation where you turned the table and really saved the industry or contractors from something that they didn't even know was coming. If you can recall an instance like that. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, these are ones that, you know, despite my a lot of gray hair. And sometimes those are from the from the losses, but they're from the wins too. Because nothing in DC, really, you know, we're seeing a little bit now, and they still can't get past you know partisan politics and and other stuff. And we're, we're even right now we're trying to you know get support out to you know, states and, and and all of us. But it's um, it's it's a long game. It truly is the long game, and it's about relationships. And so you know our members, the power that we have is the relevance that we have is, you know, why we've had success of making sure they're essential and we're still looking to do more, especially when it comes to the, um, to, 
new projects and construction out there, those aren't shut down. And we believe that, you know, an important part of ramping up the economy, and it should be right now in any stimulus, is those jobs that have been put on hold. I can think of, you know, they've thrown in the towel in, in Virginia to close the schools for the rest of the year. There's a you know, contractor at my kid's school every day to do work there. So now's the time to actually fix that and do things right to, to do that. And they probably had some money set aside for him. If not, this is the time to do it. But those, those wins and losses on Capitol Hill are really slow of how they unfold. But, you know, one of them that I'm really proud of, and we didn't do this alone, you know, where we can, we try to find partners to work with that, you know, that can, can, can help us, um, but confined spaces. For a residential contractor, you would have had to have put you would have had to bought special testing equipment. And if your folks out in the field were going into an attic or a crawl space, you needed two people on that job. Imagine what that looks like and the cost that would have been passed on to the consumer. So, you know, that's where a contractor needs to be proud and understand that and, and say, you know, share that with your, with your, with your, um, with your customers and say that well, I'm proud that I, you know, saved you this because otherwise that would have been, you know, this much more for this job just for me to come out and look at that. Um, silica rule is one of those two. If you're working, you didn't have to buy expensive testing equipment and all. So that's cutting through anything that had you know, silica material in it. We've had some more immediate ones, um, you know, in terms of you know, right now we're, we're working on federal preemption. We're wanting to make sure that the states don't do the refrigerant transition state by state. You know, for that's just that's not the right way to do things. And I'm all about state rights. I'm, I'm wired that way, but this isn't the place to to do that. Uh, we need to make sure that we're all singing from the same hymnal in terms of of, of the work that we're doing and transition and expectation that contractors have of we're in certain deadlines that are transitioning. It's already going to be complicated enough that you know we've already lost the tanks being different colored, and now we've got more more refrigerant out there. Uh, we had EPA at our office just a few weeks back. Actually, well, I guess now it's been longer than that. Before a, a, a group, a kind of a listening session, and we did where we were sharing about some of the challenges that contractors are facing with refrigerants, um, and the, you know, how many times they're fixing someone else's work that's wrong and someone put the wrong refrigerant in. So we don't have all the answers to that front, but it's about to get a lot more complicated. So that's one right now that us having that voice and that lens that, you know, when we do this transition, we need to do it in a way that makes sense. And we're not opening the door for, for states to, you know, have a political view, whether it's tied to climate change or others, where they're forcing stuff down our hands and, and pushing contractors in a, in a place where they could be held liable. You know, we're trying to, we believe smart businesses to really lower your risk. And that's where, you know, the safety and the other things that we work on with our members is to, to really help them on that front. I know that was a long lobbyist way of, of spinning. <laughs> the DC is dysfunctional. Don't get any misconceptions from that, but it really is about relationships. So that's our job is to have those and leverage them. And, you know, for me to know that, you know, I, you know, earlier this year, I like to hunt and fish. That's kind of my golf. And, you know, I was out with Senator Inhofe in Oklahoma dove hunting with him. And we're able to do that because, you know, first of all, I know it's important. And for him to understand that, I've worked with him for years when I was with another group, Ducks Unlimited. But, you know, for him to understand the importance of contractors. And I had a couple of our members there. I actually had a couple of the manufacturers I'd brought on that trip too, but to understand the importance of, of this industry and to be front and center and you know, everyone appreciates air conditioning, but they also appreciate heat and us to, us to remind that and be in the relationship game so we're relevant and people understand they're working in the direction we need them to go, not making decisions to take the employer and these businesses out of the driver's seat. Perfect, perfect. And, and this question, and I know we're, we're getting close on time here, um, this can be a little out of left field. I mean, obviously there are a lot of moving parts with mechanical contracting and refrigeration, right? There's a lot of different things that go into it. Um, but indoor air quality is a component of this business and it's a, it's a big topic of conversation right now. Are we going to see a breakthrough in indoor air quality at the forefront of conversations with contractors and consumers, or do you think it will continue to be 
we will continue to be underwhelmed by what's going on in the industry with advanced IQ stuff. Ooh, good one. No, it truly is. You know, you'd hope what's happening right now in our country will create relevance to that, but we've just skipped over um, air quality for so long. We, we, you know, I hit on the installations of how many of those are done incorrectly. And the, the rule of thumb for the ones that are done incorrectly is the system's twice the size as it needs to be. The ductwork is half the size it needs to be. So we know what that's doing from air quality, from, from, from mold, from other things. So we, we've been just glossing over this, but some people have really done a good job. I mentioned you know, one of my board members in, in DC that it's just, you know, he's really focused on um, his, his commitment to quality work and being a resource on that. I think you'll see more consumers have that, um, that interest. And I think it's, I think it's really, really smart for contractors to make a, make a run at that and separate themselves. We, we have um, Energy Star Verified Installations. This is a program that we had helped uh, worked with EPA to create, but it's recognizing contractors. We've got just shy of, you know, 800 contractors in that program. There's so much room for growth there. And, you know, there's some great products out there, but if it's not, if they're not being installed correctly, um, it's not doing anyone any good. So I, I'd, I'd like to see it. I, if, if I were not working for contractors, if I actually was one, I would, I'd be in that program. I would check it out. I would market the heck out of, you know, the skills I had and how many of our members are, you know, how many of, you know, my employees are trained. Um, and speaking of the training part, that's something, you know, again, go to our, our website and check out those resources that, that are there. I know you guys have a lot of ones, but be a market separator and, to, and to, to do that right now. But only a third of our members, and this is according to our friends over at um, AHRI, so they run NAIT, national, uh, I think the certification that yep. most people are very familiar with. But so ACCA's members are doing more than half the work in the U.S., and only a third of our members have anyone on their team that are NATE certified. So, you know, that program we, we'd supported, we actually helped create it. It was us and PHCC that rolled together our programs and then HRI took that over. It's not working. You know, it's, it's not, it's not, it doesn't have the recognition for the consumer that we need. So I think it's really up to the contractor and using tools like their EPA and some of the programs to really separate yourself in the marketplace to, to do that. But I think the, indoor air quality stuff is one that it already should resonate if you were weaving that in and it's working well for people. But after all this, when we come, when we get past what we're, we're dealing with as a country, man, it seems like it's a, a home run. Perfect. Now you mentioned the EPA. Um, to, if you could just rattle off the agencies that you're interfacing with on behalf of uh, your member, uh, your member base now. Oh, that's not a, <laughs> that's, that's not a, a long one. Because yesterday I just had to file my, you know, despite our world change, I had to file my lobbying report. So we have <laughs> to, as, as, a, as a recognized lobbyist, I have to report my campaign contributions. So that PAC, that political action committee, we've invested almost a half million dollars in making sure elected officials, you know, we, whether you believe it or not, we can't put our head in the sand. This is the way our system works. So we've invested, we have the largest pack in our entire industry. We've invested that in making sure and getting those contractors. We were there when every one of those ones that we talked about earlier ran for office, we were there backing them. But <clears throat> the um, agencies that we work with on a regular basis, well, right now it's changed a lot. We've got SBA, we've got Department of Labor. We had Secretary Acosta, now former Secretary Acosta, just speak with us last year. We're going to have Congressman Randy, Randy Weber was going to be with us there in St. Louis. It's one of our member contractors. Um, but on a daily basis, it's um, SBA, it's Department of Labor, it's the White House. A, a lot of stuff is Council on Environmental Quality. It's someone that most people don't even have on their radar screen. <coughs> I now I've moved over into Homeland Security with all the stuff happening with essential partners uh, or essential recognition for contractors there. Those are the main ones that we're with on a regular basis. And of course, Department of Energy. Um, we've got a great relationship. That was gonna be another one of the speakers we had in St. Louis. So Daniel Simmons, um, Daniel's uh, um, Assistant Secretary, Department of Labor. He was with us last year at a conference. Um, he's become a friend of mine and um, he's, who, you know, he's who 
I get a call from when his system breaks and want to know what contract <laughs> to hire. So that means we've done our, our job on educating because he's not just, you know, flipping through the yellow book. Um, he was going to be with us, but those are the ones on our, on a regular basis. We, we're crossing over more and more, but that's our kind of bread and butter. Um, and it's our job to know those people and know the names of their kids and know what makes them tick and help them understand the importance of the contractors. And, and that's really, really important work that you're doing on behalf of the industry. So as, as people who are involved in this industry and working a lot right now, we just personally want to thank you for yeah, the work absolutely. that you're doing for our clients. Yep. Um, is well, there thank you. one of the, if I could hit on that, sure. you, while you're talking to companies out there and, you know, we talked about, you know, quite a few of the manufacturers support ACCA and, you know, we're grateful for the financial support, but also the, you know, the plugs like you just did and the recognition. And there's, I think so many more opportunities to do that, but I would, I would love for you. And if you know a company that's not, you know, we have a, there's a lot of places for people to be more involved in ACCA. So, you see those companies and you're doing business with one of them if you're listening as a contractor and you see and we highlight our, our partners on our website if you see someone's not ask them why they're not and encourage them to be because i can assure you when we're restoring the geothermal tax credit that expired and you're in that space and i'm i'm up lobbying on that part and explaining to members and helping them understand and understand that you know when they had geothermal in their house that they didn't even know they had it that why that was important and how, you know, how that was a tax decision being made. Um, that stuff doesn't happen without those supporters. So we, we've got a lot of room for growth in that area. And again, please, if you're, if you're an ACCA member or you're not, just look to see who's supporting the industry. And if they're not, ask them why they're not. Sorry for my, my no, no, no. down that road and soapbox, but it, it drives me crazy that we have so many people that, hold us up, but they're, they're not really there when you, you look for them, but they, they're very grateful for the work we do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, um, the, again, we're just scratching the surface on really what all ACA has to offer. Like even in this short time, I've learned so much about the behind the scenes. I knew Paul was going to go more down the, uh, <laughs> EPA type of thing. And I try to understand more behind the scenes. That's kind of his, his deal likes that kind of stuff but i think it's important to i think it's easy for our for the contractors to not know all those things that you're actually fighting for them and that's important so it's all it almost reminds me of back in the day when i worked for um my very first like corporate job ever was i worked for a yellow page company i'm talking back in the day <laughs> and uh it sounds weird to say that but they were a um they were a union and it almost was like the union would fight for the employers, even whether you remember, I mean, with the employees, whether you remember or not. So, uh, <laughs> and that's how you disappear from coronavirus on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it reminds me of like being, you know, with the union back in the day of, um, and me being um, part of that is I would still fight for uh, the employees and the different um you know, the different, uh, you know, part of the employment agreements. And I would fight for all those things, whether you were a member or not. But this is on a much grander scale is that if you're in the industry, in the mechanical business, you're fighting for them, whether they're in it or not. So I think that that shows the utmost integrity of an organization. Um, and again, because it impacts me and my employees and my customers, um, I thank you, man. Like I am, I am, I am as uh, much of a fan, um, if not even more of a fan of ACA than I have been. We've always been a fan of it, and we've and we've talked about it with our customers, and we feature it on all of our customers' sites. You're part of ACA. It's a big thing. We think it lends great credit uh, credibility. But I'm interested, you know, at some point, you know, for us to further our you know our relationship and our friendship, Bart, and start to even understand more on things that we can share that you guys are doing. Cause again, you just scratched the surface on probably all the things that you could have told us. <laughs> well, well th thank you. Thank you for that. And, and, you know, it, us having people that are like my father-in-law, that I would love to have everyone know and do that. But I know people aren't wired that way. And, um, you know, some people sometimes confuse and I struggle with that personally myself. But, you know, we have to support and suck up to and educate um, and lobby and all the things of people that 
I don't always agree with, but that's part of the game and how stuff works. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of that work and I get that, you know, politics is kind of nasty and I don't want to make this all about kind of the political side. Obviously I come from that world and, you know, as a political operative, that's where I've spent the better part of my life on, on doing that and working, you know, campaigns and being part of groups that are, you know, working on some really tough issues. And, but I get that they're not everyone's wired that way, but man, there's a lot, a lot of stuff that goes into all the pieces that happen. And, you know, the four of us that are our lobbyists are just a small part of the, the team behind the members and the groups to make sure this industry is all that is and can be profitable, but it's so, it's so relevant and it's going to be, it's going to bounce back and you know, that demand for workforce, we're going to be back there before we know it. So us figuring, figuring those, those ways to, better this industry are, are important and there's lots of ways to, to do it. Absolutely. And I want to, and I want to close with this. Um, and you mentioned it a couple of times, but I would just want to be super clear for our, our listeners. Um, I 100% believe from this podcast, we'll have some that aren't active members that um, are want to know more information. You guys have a great training program, even though we've talked about a lot about the political things, like there are so many supportive pieces to, to being a member of ACA and so many things that you can take advantage of. What is the best way, I know that you can go to ACA.org, ACCA.org. Um, what is the best way, if I'm, if I'm a contractor, I listen to this podcast and I want to start to figure out you know, what more about this ACA thing in my state, what's the best way for these guys to get that kind of information and go down that path, Bart? Well, again, we're, we're the national. So if you're involved in the state, all the things I've talked about, um, they're, you know, they may be somewhat involved but they're they're not there doing what we talked about so there's still that confusion that we have from that brief period of time that we were a federated structure right. but i mean you can pick up the phone and, and, and call us which right now it's being routed to to many of our, our cell phones and all but um, and then you can em, em, email i mean our, our our main email and i'm happy to give mine too but it's just membership at acca.org and, and ask away and, and get involved and you know this is when you have a price point, it doesn't matter the size of your company. It's $575 a year to be a member of ACCA. Cheap. So yeah. cheap, inexpensive. It, it is. And we, we even do monthly and, you know, for people right now that are, you know, having some financial issues or know this is coming, we're even working with them to accommodate that because we know, and oddly enough, we, our membership, when you look at our, our history, the spikes that we've seen in membership actually happen. And we're actually already starting to see some of that right now, but when times are tough. Yep, right now. And the reason they are is because they're looking for ways to separate themselves in the marketplace. And that's that's what we are. But I don't want to, you know, there's plenty of stuff we do on your behalf, but a lot of ACCA is about, you know, kind of what you do for yourself too. You know, getting to rub elbows with the with the best people is only as good if you're there to rub elbows. So if you're not coming right. to, to the events, and I know that's going to change for a little while, uh, we'll be in New Orleans in, in 2021. Um, and our, our fall meetings, we're still trying to figure that out, how we're going to navigate our, our way around that. We were in Dayton Ohio this past year, but we're, we're trying to figure that around because it, you know, this is rolling out a lot longer. It's taking a lot longer than what any of us probably thought with this. But, yeah, it's just, just emailing and, and calling uh, and be involved. And once you get there, ask away. We do a great introductory kind of walkthrough of membership, and we can do that with your team. But, um, the other thing I would say on that is your membership in ACCA is not just for you, the business owner. It's for your entire team. We have stuff. We've got three of our members are, are, um, are lawyers. Um, we spend a lot of time helping people. And then we have outside consultants that are also you know, legal experts to help navigate those things that, you know, not everyone has their own HR person. So I'm blessed to have Hillary Atkins from our team and Brooke Duncan, our outside counsel that helps people with those questions. They can't, you know, they don't know the answer to themselves. And, and we're, we got a lot of those right now because there's a lot of things rolling out right now that, you know, we're, it, we don't know the answers to yet. Well, again, I want to just want to thank you, number one, for your time. Um, I know you have a lot of things going on right now, like a lot of us do. Um, so, so one, again, thank you for the time coming on here. Um, what I heard you say, too, is, um, even if you become part of the group, you need to be active in the group too, because you can't, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but it, you know, at some point you got to drink it. You got to drink it yourself. Like you got to actually do something with it. So, um, and that's something we preach in here, man, is you don't, you know, don't just talk about it. You gotta, you gotta be about it. So, um, 
because right now you have to. You have no choice. Like the reason you're spiking now is because they're being reactionary. Like let's learn a lesson from this. Let's be a little bit more proactive and get involved with these groups to make sure that if this ever happens again, maybe not the coronavirus, but if something ever happens again like this where you're, you know, that your business needs help, that you're not being reactionary, you're ahead of the game. And that's exactly what ACA is here for, is to be that for you, to be the leader in the industry, not only on Capitol Hill, but also in your, in your, in your hometown. So again, I appreciate you, Bart, very much. We'll go ahead and put some of that same information um, when we post the podcast as well. So those will make, to make it easy to reach out to you. Um, Perfect. We'll ahead, don't worry, guys. We'll go ahead and put Bart's cell phone on there so you can call him directly anytime. <laughs> I'll have you call. But again, we appreciate you, man. Um, I know that's something that, uh, that this is the beginning of, of a really a good relationship for us. Um, it's something that um, we've told uh, some of the other members, you know, that we have relationships with that we want to get more and more involved in. We feel like as a, as a leader in the industry in our world that we should be coming tighter with you guys and being more um, of an advocate for each other and for the community as a whole. So that's something that we'll be doing more of. And so I'm sure we'll have more conversations there. But again, thank you, listeners. I really hope you enjoyed this and you took away some good stuff from this. And, and, and again, Bart just scratched on all the value that ACA has to offer. Like, I'm glad that he painted a picture of the behind-the-scenes stuff so you really understand what they're doing to fight for you that you didn't well, even Chris, know about. Th thank you, Chris. Thank you, Paul, for the chance to share some of that and, and hopefully not bore your members too much. But um, it, it, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to our, our relationship where we can take it. And, again, thoughts and prayers out for, for everyone right now um, for what you're, what you're facing and, and tap into the resources of, you know, podcasts like this and, and, and things that are out there to, to help you and, and you know you're not alone absolutely and thank you for uh, thank you for restating that so listeners listen be safe stay clean find the rules okay we got to get through this thing so if you're on lockdown stay on lockdown okay <laughs> if you're, if you're self-quarantined stay self-quarantined okay we got to get this thing under under wraps so we can all laugh about this and move on certainly this is a crazy time of life but together we're all going to get through it. Until next time, see ya. Thank you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.